This is episode number 126 with Margot Miller. But for me, it was just so isolating. I felt like no one understood me. I was totally alone. I would go to doctor's offices every single day and they would just be like, it's in your head and just be assholes about it. And it was because they were, they didn't know either. I like constantly crave change. I'm not someone that can just like stay in one situation or stay in one job or stay in one house. Like I am constantly craving a bigger life, more from myself. What makes me happy? Like I stopped living for other people and I'm like, that's it. Like I don't really care who judges me or what happens. Like I'm gonna choose things that I like and that work for me. Welcome to Claiming Your Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Franny Nicole. When we are born, we're not told about the struggles that life will present and how it will affect us within. Over time, we begin dealing with the frustration, the loss, the huge obstacles and roadblocks that life inevitably puts in our way. And for some, this is a breaking point. And for others, this is where they thrive. Each week, we'll bring you the breakdowns and breakthrough stories from some of the most influential people in their fields. It is these stories of redemption we hope will resonate, creating a space for that is powerful, productive, and life-changing. Because when it all comes down to it, all you have to do is claim your truth. Welcome, welcome. Franny Nicole here. Happy Thursday. The American scholar Brene Brown states, I've studied judgment and I know we don't judge people when we feel good about ourselves. One of the most incredible changes I've made in my life recently, which has made me a happier person and a better friend, is learning to let go of judging people. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't ever judge others. We all have a tendency to do so by default. It is a human instinct. And I am not the exception, but I have learned to catch myself and to recognize how judging is harmful. Notice how I said harmful instead of bad, because instead of judging myself, I'd rather observe the act of judging causes harm. What underlining harmful conditions are indicated by tendencies to judge people? It varies, but in many cases, what I'm about to explain applies. I don't know everyone's full story and therefore ignorant of what most people are going through. Most common excuse. I have unrealistic and unjustified expectation of people. Okay, that makes sense. I subconsciously believe that I'm somehow better than the people I'm judging. I'm being a bit self-absorbed and egotistical. I've lost sight of being grateful for my own blessings and compassionate to those who aren't as fortunate. I'm not being curious or willing to learn, but instead I am judging and rejecting people who are different than me. Okay, your turn. How has judging people affected you and your relationships? Do you have any thoughts or insights to share? I would love to hear from you. Write a review on this episode on Apple Podcasts or send me a message on Instagram, Franny Nicole on the go. I would love to hear and hear your insights of how judging causes harm and your experience. So for this week's mantra, I chose, I know who I am and I am enough. This is an important one. Remind yourself that no matter what, you are enough the way you are. You don't need to change or adjust to be what someone else wants you to be. 
I know who I am, and I am enough. Today's special guest is Margot Miller. Margot and I met back in January through a mutual friend, Jane Hong. You might remember Jane from a previous episode I did with her called You Define You. This episode I recorded with Margot was recorded back in January or February, so there has been so many changes to the show since then. It's nice to hear how far I've come since I started recording earlier this year. That does not discredit this episode one bit, but it's nice to know that some of my fears that I said on the episode I have now put behind me. During the day, Margot Miller has her master's in psychology. She's a yoga certified and a holistic practitioner. But at night, Margot is known for letting her freak flag fly. She's the drunkest sober girl you will ever see, and some people even call her their spirit animal. And her T-Rex dance move has gone viral on social media. Welcome to the show, Margot. So you grew up in the um, in Northern California. Mm-hmm. What was high school like for you? Um, high school wasn't the most enjoyable period. In fact, it was probably like the worst period of my life. It was honestly, it wasn't. I like didn't go to school, never went to class. I think I got like 32 unexcused absences. Why didn't you go to school? I mean, there was a lot of craziness kind of going on like at home and I just was really unhappy in high school. It was, yeah, it was kind of rough. I just... I, what was going on at home? I mean, my family, my sister had a really hard time in her high school years. I mean, she's great now and she's super successful, but things at home were kind of rough. And I like didn't really have like good guy friends around me. And I like wasn't really in the best relationship. And it was just like rough. Like it was, it was. You were into public school? I went to a Catholic middle school my entire life. And then I went into a public high school. So it was a. Well, it that was a, transition must have been interesting to go from the nuns and the priests to a less organized structure yeah yeah it definitely was a little bit of a a change but I'm pretty adaptable like you can kind of throw me in any situation and I can just adapt pretty well were you bullied at all in high school is that why you didn't like it I wasn't bullied or anything it just was a dark period like I just honestly wanted to get out of my house I wanted to get out of Marin and I just wanted freedom like my parents in a weird way were like super controlling but also kind of yeah they just kept me too much on a leash so I've I felt like as soon as I graduated I was like freedom (laughs) oh I know I feel like everyone feels that way for graduation when you say your parents were controlling. What was it like growing up um, in that sense? Yeah, I mean, honestly, my parents loved me and they they did the best they could. I truly believe that for the most part, even if people's capacities are really, really low, I do think that most parents, you know, they do their best and sometimes their best can be really shitty. They do but what they know. And yeah. And if what they know isn't a lot, then they're doing their best. Exactly, exactly. So they did their best with me and I know that my sister went through some rough stuff and I think they tried to protect me from making bad choices but what happened was it they kind of became like a cage and so when I graduated I was it was too much freedom like I was just oh my god I'm I felt like I was like out of jail you know what I mean so they kept you in a cage so from someone who's been in captivity for so long, you go crazy. You go wild and you do things that you wouldn't have normally have done if yes. you had more freedom growing up. Yes. Yeah. So I got to college and I was like, literally joined a sorority, went to a party school and moved out of state. What college did you go to? I went to University of Arizona. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah. 
the top five <laughs> <Yeah>. party school. <laughs> Literally. And I, my nickname was Hank the Tang. And, and why is that? So you joined a sorority. And when did it all start going crazy? Oh, Hank, like immediately. Hank the, Tank. Hank the Tank. Hank got like three drinking tickets like the first month of college. Like Hank was just a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I would like go to. But what was, how did that nickname come about for you? Honestly, I don't really know. Like, I could just drink an insane amount. And it wasn't, you know, some people get, like, sloppy or they throw up. But Hank would do really strange things. Like, I would end up at a party and people would find me in a dark room, like, eating a raw potato. I would do weird (laughs) stuff. Or I'd eat out of the trash. Like, every time I came back from my sorority, like, I would be laying in bed with, like, a 10-course meal. The kitchen was closed. And my roommate would be, like, the next morning, she'd be, like, you ate out of the trash again. And I'd just be, like, damn it. So, like, I did really weird stuff when I drank like not normal things I'd fall out of windows and like I just I ended up just being able to drink people under the table so eventually the the name kind of caught on and I would go places and people would just chant like Hank the tank and like (laughs) I would just down a lot of alcohol I can totally picture you being in those uh, neighbor movies with the sororities and the um, the fraternity yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't go to a university so yeah. this is like a new language for yeah. me outside of movies but that sounds like a crazy experience did you feel like people had to babysit you until do you find that your friends had to babysit you because of that no actually my friends were thought they I mean maybe a little bit here and there like obviously everyone gets sloppy at some point and needs a little help in college but for the most part it was pretty entertaining I mean, kind of like embarrassing on my end, but like it was pretty entertaining. And this is pre-Facebook and pre... Actually, this was right when Facebook came out. So there was a a Facebook group at the time called I've Partied with Hank the Tank. It's no longer there. But it was like the craziest stories and like people would be like, I partied with Hank the Tank. It was really funny. And yeah, we just like made a total joke out of it. Hank the Tank. Facebook started right at the end of my college. Yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, I I forgot you're two years younger. Yeah. I was so grateful that there was no social media when I was in (laughs) You lucked out. But I feel like even though you say it was a bit embarrassing, it still sounds like I'm a positive memory in a way. I don't know the dark moments of it, but it sounds like a a cool memory to have as a college experience. It was definitely the full college experience. And my sorority friends were super sweet. And like, it just was like a really funny thing. And then like when I obviously I stopped drinking really young. So then we all joke like we're like, Hank the Tank sank. Like, (laughs) so it just became like this total joke. And um, obviously you stopped drinking at 20, you said? Yeah, I did. I mean, obviously things did take like a little bit of a dark turn at the end. And that's when I decided I was like, time? where did it go? So around the age 20, like I just, my body was kind of rejecting alcohol. Like I would get, I got like um, alcohol poisoning one time and I was like puking black and blood and I was like, this can't be good. And um, honestly, I was like excelling in school. So it wasn't, nothing on the outside was wrong. It was more like internally, I was like, this is not good. Like, and there would be points where I'm like, okay, I want to go out and I just want to have a beer with people and I don't want to be like crazy Hank. And then I would just like end up in a gutter. And I'm like, that was not the intention of the evening. And how did drinking affect, I know we touched base on this offline, but the disorder that you have, what is it called again? So that wasn't until later in my life. I developed a really intense neurological disorder. It's called chronic fatigue is like the basic name of it. They now came up with like a more scientific name because most people think chronic fatigue they're just like oh you're tired it's not a big deal I would have thought that too yeah yeah it's like this huge I could I should actually find out the 
it's like some I honestly can't even pronounce it but they had to come up with something that seemed just like a little more legit because people just think oh you're sleepy like drink coffee fatigue it's like oh you're feeling fatigue like right lay down have a rest yeah but it's like a totally so that wasn't before no that came okay yeah that came way way down the line interesting that's and it just developed neurologically yeah exactly so basically there's a lot of reasons that people can develop that condition it can be like a car accident it could be psychological stress sometimes people will travel to a foreign area and they'll like pick up a disease or something and it'll like affect their body in that way but for me it was more like I was under like a lot of psychological stress and it my nervous system just kind of like what type of symptoms is like what does it feel like So I think I was 27 and my nervous system just kind of gave out and I thought I was getting sinus infections and like then all of a sudden I just couldn't get out of bed. I felt like I was dying of the flu and I was like, God, what is wrong with me? And like, I just kept thinking it would pass. Every doctor I'd go to, they're like, I do blood work, I do scans and everyone's like, you're healthy, you're healthy. Everyone around me was like, maybe it's just in your head. And like later now all this research has come out on it and it, you know, it's like a real diagnosis, but it was so intense and people didn't believe me and I couldn't get out of bed. I was bedridden for like maybe three years. I spent a solid two years of my, yeah, it was right at the end of my graduate. I got my master's degree and it was my last year and I remember I had clients I had tests I mean it was so insane getting up in the morning it would take me an hour just to like get up even get coffee I mean I probably stared at a wall for like two years it was so crazy I don't even know what to say I can't even imagine I'm so sorry and they were telling you that it could be all in your head how did you handle something like that how did you cope with you maybe be crazy like you might be crazy yeah be making this up the whole time exactly that's what it was like and on to be honest like even the people close to me I don't even know if people still like fully get it an awesome documentary came out about it and it changed the way people saw it which is great and I honestly don't even like blame people if you don't experience something like that or if you don't have any health problems it's totally hard to imagine it so I don't even blame and and especially like your family they don't want to think that you're have this neurological disorder that you can't get out of bed and there is no cure so I understand that mentally it's people go into denial so I totally get where they were coming from but for me it was just so isolating like just I felt like no one understood me. I was totally alone. I would go to doctor's offices every single day and they would just be like, it's in your head and and just be assholes about it. And it was because they were, they didn't know either. So it was really rough. Like it was, yeah, no, it was just a very like lonely, isolating, scary feeling when you're like, I, my body is completely shut down and I'm like every second I'm just suffering and I don't have purpose. I'm like, I don't, I can't just get up. And it was so crazy to be so young and be like fine one day and then completely not the next. Did you find that you became depressed because of it? Oh, hundred percent. Depression and anxiety completely correlated with it. And I just, it was so weird because in the back of my head the whole time, like I was, I this is not the life that I'm meant to be living. The whole time I'm like, this is not my life. This is so weird. Like this isn't supposed to be happening. And um, how old were you when it started? Uh, 27. 
Oh, goodness. So just four years ago. Yeah, exactly four years ago. Yeah. And I remember just I was like staring out the window one day. I was like living in this beautiful beach house that like no one was living in at my family in Laguna and I wasn't working. People would come over and be like, you're living the dream. You don't work. You just chill. You're on the beach. And like inside I was I would kill even have a job I hate. Like I just would kill to even like be able to get up and do anything like even I couldn't even shower sometimes I couldn't even get up and I just remember like looking out the window and just being like this is not like this is not my life and this is not I'm I'm done like something has to change and then maybe a couple months later I ended up moving to LA and since then my health has just taken like a drastic improvement is it because you're surrounding yourself with it in a different environment or what changed there was a lot of things. Um, the first thing, and I'm not saying this is like for everyone because some people do need medical help and doctors are great. But honestly, the first thing I did was I stopped my whole life. Like people would get up and go to work. I would get up and go to doctors. So the first thing I did, I was like, screw it. Like none of these doctors are helping me. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to create the biggest life possible with or without this health condition. Like I don't care if I can't get out of bed. I'm going to have a bigger life. And I like made that demand. And I was like, I don't care. Even if I'm sick, I'm going to make the most of this so that was the first thing and I was like if I have one day left to live I'm not it's not going to be in a doctor's office like fuck it like I'm just going to make the most of it and I also hated the career I picked and I was the family planning yeah I was doing family therapy and I love helping people and I love working with people but it was way too heavy on me and it was I was already exhausted so I was like I can't take on the load of like other people's stuff there's a way to help people but in a lighter way so that was the other thing I was my life was completely like wiped clean I have like a blank canvas like what do I really want to do in life like what makes me happy like I stopped living for other people and I'm like that's it like I don't really care who judges me or what happens like I'm gonna choose things that I like and that work for me and so that kind of was like the first step was life is short so even if I'm like dying of sickness I'm gonna enjoy whatever I have or whatever I can that day so I gave up all the doctors I gave up all the people that were telling me that I was like crazy or was in my head or all the medications I was trying and I gave up the career and I didn't care what people thought and everyone was like don't move to LA that's insane and I just went for it and um, in the first month, my best friend, she ended up like leaving. Like she's like, sh I, she had to move back to Chicago. And I was like, screw it, I'm staying. So I like jumped into an apartment with people I didn't know. And I was like, all right, like most of my friends are like buying houses and having kids. And I just moved to LA like on a whim, not knowing what I was going to do with my life and just moved in with strangers. And I'm like, all right, things are a little backwards. But for the first time in my life, I felt like I was like really choosing for me. And that's when my health started to get better. I think that's amazing because you chose a different path than the one you were living and you manifested something different and you went after it mm -hmm. and to be uncomfortable like how you were to be in a home not with people you didn't know it's scary it's completely scary but you're growing mm -hmm. while being uncomfortable and it's just some people just sulk in mm -hmm. their sickness and sulk in their depression and it just gets worse and worse and worse and you just stood up and you're like no I'm not doing this another day. And like you said, if I have one one last day to live, I'm not living this way. And it just kept getting better for you. I'm, that's so inspiring. <laughs> yeah, that's literally exactly what happened. So when people are like, well, how did you get better? I'm like, I just literally and, – and I still get my dips sometimes, don't get me wrong. But like I literally went from being in bed every single day staring at a wall. And there was – there's periods now where I can work out like every single day where I'm just like, this is incredible. And I'm like, there's so much gratitude that I have to be able to do that. 
this is amazing. Like everything is like amazing after being like so sick for so long. It's like I'm like, I'm living now. The littlest things that I didn't even think about, I'm grateful for now. So now how would you describe yourself to a stranger now that you've overcome, maybe not overcome your illness, but now that you have a different look outlook on it how would you describe yourself to a stranger um I think I'm super resilient I've just had so many so many obstacles come my way in life and nothing even if I'm like getting taken advantage of or if I have you know overcome addiction stuff or overcome whatever it is like severe illness no matter what happens to me like I just keep going in life I just don't feel like anything can really stop me no matter how messed up things get or how like down I can get nothing really stops me I'll just keep going for it I just don't let anything really get in the way even if it affects me or brings me down for that moment like I just keep going and I don't let anything rob me of my spirit like I'm just I am who I am like if and I do feel like I am a very light fun person even though I've been through some really dark things I'm just like a vibrant high energy person and I don't think that anything or any situation really has ever taken that away from me well you definitely beam off that energy without even saying anything that you Aww, just said because like so I sweet. told you I didn't even know you and I was like I have to meet this girl like I want to be like her Aww. and I don't even think I knew about your disorder yet and that just has nothing nothing to do with who you are but I was I want I'm like how do I be similar like I want to be carefree I want to be Aww. energetic so it was very inspiring to see like your stories and your videos and I'm like okay I need <laughs> this pill or whatever <laughs> that Margot takes because I want to be more like that so Aww. it's very inspiring and then to hear that you have struggles and you have these you know hurdles that you have to jump through and you still are who you are today is very inspiring that is so sweet thank you so you're single I am single and what is dating in LA like for you it's a very good question nowadays especially with the apps and yeah what do you feel is the hardest part about dating in LA especially to be honest, man, like going through my 20s, I had like the craziest dating stories for days. Like, I mean, I just, I mean, my dating life was so insane. My friends were just always like, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. But honestly, since I moved to LA, of course, there's always like one or two like really off dates. But for the most part, my dating life has gotten actually a lot better. Like I've I've met some really amazing people. I don't like date a ton, but I've actually had better luck in the past year than I have in general. Like I just feel like it's pretty it's been pretty smooth. I meet great people. I, I usually like I kind of have like I kind of have a protocol. So even if I'm like on a dating app, I like talk to them for a little bit. If they seem like nice and funny, then I'll usually get coffee. That's like my go-to because I if if it's you just know right away. And yeah. if coffee's good, then all right, we'll go out to dinner or whatever. But I kind of like to just vet a little through the coffee. What do they say anything about you not drinking? Is that like a deal breaker to some, or how do they react? I think what's made my dating life get so much better is just becoming so much more comfortable in my skin. And just at this point, I used to be like, what can I do? I want this person to like me or I want this person to like me. And as soon as I stopped doing that and I'm like, who's a good fit for me? Almost like turning the tables around. And as soon as I did that, 
I just, I don't care. I'm like, it's almost like a good thing where I'm like, I don't drink. And if they have a problem with that or if they're weird or anything, I'm like, bye. Like I, it makes no difference in my life because if they're not, if they're, it, I almost am like grateful for it. Cause I'm like, if you have an issue with anything off the bat, I kind of like throw a couple things out. Weed them out. Yeah. It's like a good thing. I'm like anyone that's not respectful of anything. I'm like, bye. So I don't know. Instead of being like insecure about certain things in the past, I'm more just, is this person good enough for me? I definitely need to take a page out of your book (laughs) (laughs) because I find like I take rejection very hard and I reject all the time. But like Mm -hmm. I will get rejected once and it's the end of the world. (laughs) And it could be for something so stupid that I agree with. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, this would never work. I take it too personal and Mm -hmm. I just feel that's the issue that I have that I need to get over. Like they should be how, like you said, how do they fit into my life versus how I should fit into them. And I just definitely need to have a different view of it Mm -hmm. just because I've been single for over two years, two years now. And I'm just not, don't know if I want anything because the people here that I've met are just so. Yeah. Honestly, what helped me is like, meeting Jane she's like my best friend and like we had so much fun together that I'm like any guy that in a weird way like my best friend kind of became like my standard I have so much fun like with her I'm like if I date someone like they have to like bring that funness they need to bring joy like what are they gonna bring to my life because I know I have a lot to offer so it's like as soon as I really saw that and I was around people who were constantly telling me like how fun I am and all these great things about myself when you when you're hearing that enough you're like okay yeah I really do value myself I really do have a lot to contribute and once you know that it was easier for me to feel like I would like someone that can I don't know it just kind of turned the tables for me like you more like you don't need them anymore and it's kind of just like if you have them that's great if they're not there then that's great yes exactly because either way you're happy with just yourself yeah exactly and so I think too like the more you surround yourself with people that you really like or enjoy then it also sets the standard for that in dating like even just having good friends in your life you're like okay well then this is how like everyone should treat me Exactly. Especially referring back to Jane. I think she's amazing and just what you both have. I mean, you don't... Is she single? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you. why now? Like, you can just worry about that later. Like, yeah. you're having fun. Like, there is not... You're not in any rush. I mean, not that I'm aware... Not that, you know, if you are. But you just have fun, live life, live life to the fullest. And so if someone comes along, then... Yeah, and the one thing I actually realize is, like... I totally get being lonely and I think as humans we all experience it and for me I was like I looked back when I've been the happiest has been when I'm single I'm like do I even really want a relationship like I started to question everything I'm like do relationships really make me happy to be honest I'm like better off when I'm single so I'm like I don't even know if I want a relationship unless someone comes along and it feels right and it's fun and it's light I'm all for it. But I'm like, I don't even really know if that's what I want anymore. Have you ever been in love? Oh, yes, definitely. Many times. And what does love mean to you? What does Um, the word love mean? I think it means different things for different people, obviously. And for me, I think it's just when you accept someone unconditionally, no matter what they choose or what they do or who they are, you just are grateful to have them in your life. I like that. I'll say I agree too. It's just their flaws and their imperfections and just yeah. everything they are who they are and you love them for who they are. Totally agree. Have you ever had your heart broken? Oh my God. So many times. I can't even like. 
Do you feel that brought a negative emotions into every relationship after that? Or do you, were you able to let go of them, let go of them and start fresh in every relationship? I mean, I'm sure there's, I feel like every experience in life kind of shapes and molds you and, you know, it can affect certain things, but I think the more, the older I get, the more I just try to let go of everything. And like, even in a relationship or not, like every day, I just try to like start each day like a new. I'm like, okay, whatever happened yesterday, let it go. Whatever happened, like, you know, in my life, like I just honestly, before I go to bed, like I mentally try to clear out everything. And I'm like, how can I create today from like a brand new place? Like I just try to clean the slate like every day. So I'm just not carrying the crap, you know, like I just, you I dump like, it. You yeah, dump it. Yeah, so you got to dump it out. You're not up at three in the morning thinking about stuff from 2009. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I wish I would have done this differently or it's yeah. still haunting you. And it's yeah. like, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm at fault. Like there's things in my past that still haunt me. Mm-hmm. That I still wake up in the middle of the night like it just happened yesterday. And I'm like, okay. It literally was 2005, like mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm referencing. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you're okay. It's 2019. Mm. Yeah, you're not there anymore. But I have to talk myself down, and it's just traumatic. Or just people, you know, go through things and then they just rethink about it. And like, and they think about them so much that they start changing the memory to like they all start remembering something that probably didn't even happen because they thought about it so many times, and you remember it differently. A little bit different every single time to where the memory is not even the memory anymore it's just this fear what could have been and you have it it's like replaced i guess that's my take on it yeah yeah and i think that's why if that made any sense no of course of course and i think a lot of the times it's really easy to get stuck in life and i know for me like especially in my sick days like i would just sit there and like go over everything and it's like i think mentally as humans like that's why we need to like work out and like we need we need breaks from our mind because it's like an overworked like underfed employment in our heads and exactly. it's like we need breaks and, and I then think- it's like you start to realize what's real and what's not <laughs> and like what's factual and what did we make up and we think it's real and it's just we start having these mental battles with ourselves and then you you get mad at someone who didn't do anything because <laughs> yeah. you had this conversation with them with yourself totally i mean have you done that where you're like someone oh didn't answer the phone and you started thinking about what they were doing and why they didn't answer your phone oh of course. then when they called you back you were already mad <laughs> and they were just in the shower totally <laughs> i mean things can get really wild up there it's just like you never know what you're gonna get question mm-hmm. and this is a serious one mm-hmm. if you can choose a superpower what would it be <laughs> oh my god okay let me think for a serious second. no take backs <laughs> i used to i used to want to like heal everyone like i was like wherever they're suffering or pain i would take it away like that would be my superhuman power but honestly i think now i would choose what we just talked about like taking out any judgment like I would take out judgment from the world because then we could just be an experience there wouldn't be like like you know how heavy it feels even when you judge yourself really hard it's like heavy and when our worst critic yeah like imagine I just like I'm like okay imagine a light like a day where you just woke up and you didn't judge yourself for anything you did the entire day I'm like, how light and fun would that be? And I'm like, imagine how happy everyone would be in the world if no one ever judged themselves or anything. I- because if you don't judge yourself, you're not judging others because 
you're more envious or jealous of them. So you start judging them for being a way that you're not. Or So if you're happy with yourself, you don't care how anyone else is. Exactly. And I think like life would be really fun. Yeah, right? It's a very selfless superpower. Yeah. Because a lot of people would say, oh, we want to fly. Read minds. Mm -hmm. And mine would be, I don't want to say empathy, but to have compassion, like to spread love and peace i don't know that's kind of similar to yours but it's just to i don't know have spread love where there's no love and crimes and hate crimes and stuff and just happiness spread happiness i guess but that's just like along the lines of what you're talking about just because there's so much hate in the world and crimes and wars and i just want everybody to get along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i want world peace <laughs> that'd be amazing could you imagine though I don't think, I don't know, it would be an interesting world. Mm-hmm. Very happy one. When was the moment where you felt like you were, it was time to claim your truth, like claiming your truth, like your epiphany? Was it when you were laying in your bed in Laguna Beach or when was the process of you're like, okay, this was my, this is not meant for me and it's time to claim who I really am? Uh, yeah, I like specifically remember that. I mean, I've, I've had that so many times in my life because I've been through so many different chapters and phases. And of course, I'm like constantly recreating my life and recreating myself and letting go of crap, you know, just letting go of shit. So it's like I've had that happen so many times. Sometimes it's just more drastic than others. Sometimes it's a little more subtle. But a big one was, you know, with my health where I was like, I, this is just not my life. And I just like made this demand of myself and of my situation that it was going to change. And slowly it, it has. And I do that all the, I do that all the time. Like there's still so much that I, I like constantly crave change. I'm not someone that can just like stay in one situation or stay in one job or stay in one house. Like I am constantly craving like a bigger life uh, like more from myself I I enjoy change like I like the bigger the better and like so I'm constantly asking it's not like something where like one little thing changes and then I'm happy with it no it's like I just keep asking for you know a bigger life for myself and and more from myself every day as you should I mean we're constantly growing and changing as a person what you wanted last year could be something different you want today and it's not that it's anything bad it's just something that you want different for yourself now that you're older and more mature and it's just constantly growing and changing i think that's a lot of people everyone should think that way and not get stuck in this is this is what i wanted and this is where i'm staying some people live that way and it can be sad for them and they wonder why they're unhappy and all they need to do is make that change so all seriousness aside what are you working on these days So I decided that I want to pursue the entertainment world. So I just moved to Hollywood and I'm going two feet in. And so there's a lot like I'm kind of just getting out there and it's been really fun and like talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Like everything I'm doing is just like completely putting myself out there and it's been like super fun. So I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel and just going out on auditions and doing music videos and hosting things and it's just been super fun and I love it. So that's awesome. Well, definitely let me know how I can help in any oh, way possible. You. Of course. Well, I really acknowledge you for everything you've gone through and everything you're currently going through. It's very inspiring and you definitely had a huge message 
message to share with everyone. So thank you. You're so welcome. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? If anyone listening wanted to get a hold of you, what is the best way to um, contact you? Slide in my DMs. <laughs> what is your Instagram handle? Um, Margo Miller INC. Well, that's a wrap. I appreciate you for listening till the end. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Feel free to send me a message on claimingyourtruth.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Franny Nicole on the go. I appreciate you and remember, live your life in gratitude.